Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I am Leah and I am joined by Bonnie and Katie and Amy and we are talking about our one cool Black History STEM gal. So Bonnie has already talked about Mammy Pips Clark and Katie already talked about Mary Seacole and Amy talked about Karina Newsome. But before we dive back in, let's get to know something random about our gal pals. Now, this is definitely a rando question. And this is definitely a Bonnie question because Bonnie was in the office when I was coming up with questions. <laughs> oh no. Or STEM month. And so I'm giving her props because I think this is a fantastic question. So Bonnie wants to know, <laughs> name your third favorite dinosaur. <laughs> third favorite people. Third favorite. Wow. It has nothing to do with my lady, by the way, but I love this question. <laughs> So if you have not ranked your dinosaurs since you were four years old, <laughs> now's the time to re-rank them. There's some like com- comedians talking about like they love hanging out with kids because no adult ever asks them what their third favorite dinosaur is. <laughs> well, I just want to say how upset I was like after I had a kid and realized that there's all these dinosaurs that I never learned about. Yeah, right. I don't know if they're new dinosaurs. It or is probably there's new dinosaurs since you were a kid. My education was sorely lacking, <laughs> but I remember watching the kids programming with Jonah and being like, "What the is that dinosaur? I've never heard of that." Yeah, and then finding out that Velociraptors are like chicken dinosaurs, right. I was like, "No, they're killers. <laughs> they are the sharks." I saw Jurassic the- Park. Yes. <laughs> And now there's like this whole new chicken dinosaur thing they're teaching kids. Like, I, I don't even know if I trust dinosaurs anymore, Bonnie. <laughs> it's crazy. Most trustworthy dinosaurs. Right. Exactly. See. But after that big, like, you know, spiel, I'm just going to go with pterodactyl. Oh, pterodactyl bros. Yeah. They like never thrilled me. So they're not number one okay. or two. Right. But they're also kind of badass and they fly and like, uh, you know. Right. And apparently they're related to the Velociraptor. So oh, see, it all ties in. Glory done. Fantastic. And they make no sense because that is like how you spell their name is not how you say it. I'm not good with the, the PH words. Yeah. <laughs> not they spelling them, not saying them. In a puzzle and I don't know. True. Exactly. All right. So pterodactyl for Katie. Pterodactyl. Yeah. I like it. I approve. Like I need to approve. <laughs> <laughs> I should have submitted it in advance. <laughs> no. <laughs> Get that notarized. Exactly. By a three-year-old, because that's the only way <laughs> that it has validity. You have to defend your top three picks I'll to a toddler. It crayon submit it to the gal's guide dropbox yes <laughs> don't forget to show your work <laughs> <laughs> see amy what is your third favorite dinosaur well i did not prepare a powerpoint or thesis <laughs> <Damn it>. defense <laughs> but my third 
third favorite dinosaur is uh, Parasaurolophus because I get to say Parasaurolophus. Yeah, and it and, sounds really smart. <laughs> yes, which I, which of course I learned in the raising of my child. Oh. <laughs> but um, it's the one with the swoop. Oh, okay. Goes backwards. Nice. So it's cool looking, but it's also kind of dorky. So it's definitely not cool enough to be, you know, top two. Right. It's dorky and funny and has a good name. So it's definitely, definitely cruising in in the bronze medal. There you go. Bronze medal. (laughs) I like it. Now it's the Olympics. (laughs) Sorry, Bob. My favorite one is always the 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 Loch Ness monster dinosaur. Okay. Water dinosaur. Okay. I like the long necks. Yeah, the brinosaurus. So I guess maybe the, um, the is third? it the, no, I was going to say Triceratops, Triceratops, is it just the horns or are they the ones that have the triangles on their back too? Or is that? I thought they the had the big guys? cone and then the three okay. horns. I don't know. Well, that's in their head. Whatever yes. one that has like the big triangles on their back. Oh, Stegosaurus. There we go. Yes, with that or whatever. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. They're almost like plant dinosaurs. I don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There you go. They're like charged up, badass like Like there's like the the round like slam you rock thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a mace or something. Yeah, a mace. That's what I was. Yeah, those are top five for sure. Yeah. No, that's. Oh man, that's a good one. I didn't think of that one crappers okay um my my number one is the t-rex only because i have t-rex arms where my arms are not as long in proportion to my body where i should be able to get things from shelves but i have t-rex arms so therefore spirit animal uh number two is the brontosaurus because it's a plant eater right brontosauruses plant eaters right exactly so a vegetarian dinosaur that's that big fucking kudos um so my third favorite has to be the triceratops though because the Triceratops, for a variety of reasons, besides the three horns, it's like a three-horned unicorn is where I go. But then also from Jurassic Park, it's the scene with, well, that's a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> therefore, I'm like going, yep, nope, that's got to be the top ranking right there. <laughs> what was it, like a year or two ago, people on the internet were, and I'm assuming these people or just young and weren't around when Jurassic Park like came out. We're freaking out over this picture of Steven Spielberg next to the the the, <laughs> the, the Triceratops store. Yeah. And they're like, oh cruelty. And they're like, it's an animatronic. <laughs> a big dinosaur. Like Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see the one where the internet decided to blame uh, Phil Tippett? So Phil Tippett is credited with the dinosaur supervisor. And so the internet had a meme of Phil, you had one job. People died because you didn't supervise those dinosaurs, Phil. And I'm like, this is great. And that's the only reason why I know who Phil Tippett is, is because he was credited and then called out as a dinosaur supervisor. I saw Warren Spielberg with that shark. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I saw one recently, like a little theory about Jurassic Park, 
they're like, you see that gate? Like how mm-hmm. big that gate? They're like, I don't think they ever intended to keep them in the park. <laughs> oh, <laughs> giant door, dinosaur a, sized door. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Just a ruse because there is that giant dinosaur door, but then right next to it is some. <laughs> Yeah. Easily jump overable fencing. <laughs> yeah, Phil Tippett. He had one job. <laughs> Did not do his job. All right. So mine in no way segues to my one cool gal. Uh, however, I couldn't resist an adorable question like that. <laughs> so my gal is an aerospace um psychos uh oh man, it has too many pH words. Um, psychophysiologist. There you go. Those two things. She basically invented a job using psychology to help astronauts through training without puking their guts out (laughs) in their space helmets. (laughs) So this is my lady. Patricia Cowing is my fantastic lady. And I will tell you her amazing journey and give you some tips and tricks of how not to puke in your spacesuit, because, you know, we all want to go to space camp, right? Space camp. Yes. Uh, so in Patricia's early days, her parents encouraged her to follow her bliss, which is amazing. <laughs> and we got to give props to that for parents who encourage you to follow your bliss. And that led her to puke? Well, it will. <laughs> just follow along. Hold on a second. <laughs> Well, kind of because Patricia grew up in the Bronx. I don't think that segues well, but you know what I'm saying? The subway is a dangerous place. Um, (laughs) But Patricia's mom was an assistant preschool teacher and her father owned a grocery and both of her parents like pushed that education was your ticket out of the Bronx. So get your education and get the hell out of here. was their encouragement with love so at a young age patricia loved science not the puking aspect bonnie but science (laughs) and that led her to studying psychology which is the focus of the mind but then the psychophysiology which is how the mind and body are connected so that's the the difference between them is the mind-body connection. Um, now, Patricia's aunt was also a psychologist, but there was this engineering class that was in Patricia's grad school. Um, and in that class, you were supposed to design equipment that the astronauts would use in the space shuttle. And she really wanted to get into this class, but she was not an engineer and she didn't have any basis of engineering classes whatsoever uh didn't have the qualifications on paper to even get into the class but she went to the professor in charge looked around the room and saw it was all dudes in there (laughs) and told him quote you have to let me in you need a woman in this class those are the exact words she said to him and he let her in the class (laughs) So during this class, uh, she visited NASA and she learned about the astronaut testing and just how space flight actually kind of like affected the astronauts' bodies, right? She was super fascinated with this mind-body interaction and she actually wondered if she concentrated on the body-mind, could she help space sickness? 
Uh, because Patricia's really huge contribution to NASA is a technique called AFT. I'm sure we've all heard of this, right? The AFT technique, right? now. I have a cat behind me, don't I? Yep. There we go. <laughs> the autogenic feedback training exercise, because all titles are very sexy at NASA, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> But it teaches the astronauts to control their heart rate and their blood pressure, therefore helping them overcome motion sickness and feeling like they've got a mind-body connection um, of control. So AFT is a self-control volunteer thing. It has 24 bodily responses that you do over six hours. So it's this process to kind of amalgamate yourself to space. So one example that I will give you as a little, you know, trick uh, is let's say you're dizzy after the spinning machine, you know, the centrifuge thing when they spin you around and around, because we do that all the time, right? Are you um, talking about the scrambler? <laughs> yes, the scrambler. At the fair? So when you go to the county fair and you're mm-hmm. in the scrambler or when you're training at space camp. Um, one trick to do is to focus on the end of your fingertips, a serious concentration on that. It gives you grounding of the spinning. You know what I mean? You're concentrating on something that is in front of you and it's giving you a focal point and that can help control the dizziness. And you always generally have your hands with you. (laughs) Exactly. Amy's like, I got this. I'm not dizzy. But yes, but that will help the the room stop spinning. But there's another factor as well. So when you're in space, everything floats, like everything. The human body has fluid in it, like blood and inner ear fluid. It's all floating as you're in space, right? (laughs) So the big culprit of actually dizziness is the fluid in your inner ear actually floats while you're in space and so that fluid is what gives us our sense of balance um and also it can make you feel seasick and i think bonnie has an ear thing because she's really struggling right now (laughs) i'm just i i had never even like occurred to me that astronauts like earwax was like floating around or anything like mm. Uh uh-huh yeah exactly can you imagine if you sneezed oh my god (laughs) yep There you go. But now the really cool thing is that the human body can adapt very quickly um, of what's happening. It can adjust. But Patricia's work that she did was to speed up the process, to take the guessing out of it, to be like, okay, well, these are things that you can do. Um, The other thing is that all of this happens when you come back to Earth, too. So not only do you have it going to space, but it actually is has a prolonged effect on astronauts when they come back. Their body takes them longer. So you need that help when you're back here too. So um, Patricia worked on the tools not only to help astronauts, um, but also to understand why some people get more seasick than others, because it was happening to about 50% of the, uh, of the astronauts that were being tested. So it wasn't all of them. And it was varying degrees of, you know, how sick were they and how much could they handle um, the dizziness factor sort of thing. So having different responses to be able to do it could help in certain ways. You know what I mean? 
So that's what's really cool. Uh, the other reason why this research is extremely important is because maybe one day we're going to go to Mars. <laughs> that's a longer journey. And I don't think Patricia's really going to be able to go and help them to Mars. <laughs> she is still alive, but you know what I mean? Getting older on the years and it takes a while to go to Mars. <laughs> so it's people like Patricia who are going to do the research to be able to then give the astronauts who go on those missions that information so that they can take care of themselves and they can have those tips and tricks. Um, to amalgamate themselves. Because imagine just going from here to Mir, you get that. If you're going from here to like Mars, can you imagine the, you know, jet lag? I'm sorry, I'm just going to go for jet lag. <laughs> it was the closest thing I had. <laughs> so, flag. right, exactly. Space flag. Rocket. <laughs> rocket so, the fun fact on how she got this information, how she got this research on the astronaut training, she was actually the first woman to go through all of the stages of NASA's approved testing. She went in before Sally Ride. So she was the first woman to actually go through all of it. Now, I've talked about the Mercury 13 before. The Mercury 13 didn't go through the last stage of training because they didn't have airline pilot status. So they couldn't do the big centrifuge and stuff. So actually, Patricia is the first woman ever, happens to be a woman of color, to go through astronaut training, which I was like, yes! <laughs> so uh, she was actually an alternate uh, for the 1979 space mission, uh, which is, again, before Sally Ride, because Sally Ride went in 83. Um, but Patricia never went on a space mission, uh, but she was an alternate for it. Um, but Patricia went through all of the testings because it was really critical for her to experience what they experienced so that she could really put herself in their shoes and know what the testing is and, you know, know how rigorous it is and stuff like that. So um, I absolutely love it. So uh, her first work was actually tested in 1985 on Space Lab 3. And then it was also on the first DOD shuttle mission, which is usually classified missions, which is what the DOD ones are. They're on the down low. That's how I always remembered it. The download space missions. Yeah. Um, but she also worked with astronauts on the Mir space station as well to kind of, you know, because they were up there for a good long time. <laughs> so she worked for their research as well. But I love so many things about Patricia, but I love most that she insisted she had to be in the room that she wasn't qualified for. <laughs> So that she could basically blend together space flight and psychology and create a new job. Because I freaking love people who create their own jobs. I'm just saying a YouTuber was not a thing when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so new jobs are where it's at. I love them. <laughs> but that is my Patricia Cowings. Because <laughs> nobody wants to puke in their space helmet, right? No. I would be the first one. <laughs> or on the scrambler. Exactly. That's why, I, that's why mama doesn't even do the scrambler. No. Mm. <laughs> I know my limitations. Tilt a whirl. Pushing it. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
I usually like actually on the tilt where I focus on the bar, you know, the bar you hold on to for dear life. Oh. I would just focus on that and have everything spin and be like, this is the only way that I am not puking on this thing today. <laughs> yep. So yes, Patricia's still with us. She's in her seventies right now. Give that woman a free trip to space, man. I know, right? <laughs> yes. I, I wonder if she's been on the, she's got to have been on the vomit comet. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the plane that goes up and then down. and Yeah. <laughs> That's probably where a lot of testing happens, where it's like, let's try this. <laughs> That's one of the funniest chapters of Mary Roach's book. Um, oh. packing for Mars. Yeah. When she gets to go on the vomit comet. Oh, did she? Yeah, Katie loves Mary Roach books. <laughs> I love them. Oh, sweet. What was that one? I don't think I know that one. Packing for Mars. Packing for Mars. Yes. And she right. goes, yeah. She, she probably mentions your gal because she talks a lot about the practicalities of space life. Yes. You know, like, how do you poop? Yeah, right. Yeah. Gravity to very carefully in a bag, according to John Glenn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really romanticized process of you. Well, you shit in a bag, <laughs> but it's just it's it's the actual. She talks about like that the physical mechanics of it because uh-huh. there is no there's no gravity and like you said, yeah. everything floats inside your body. All of it. So yeah. like in your, your intestines are, the, are going this way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they don't necessarily <laughs> want to go that way. <laughs> well, that does wrap us up for this month's celebration of Black History Women in STEM. So stay tuned because next Monday we are going to roll up our sleeves and get a job on the Riveter line. That's right. As we shine a spotlight on wartime women. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.